welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. This is the first Heat vs. the World pod of 2024. And with me, I got my guy, Orge. It's been a while since he last been on the pod, but we finally got our guy back on. And yeah, man, I mean, I'll say it like this. While we're happy to be seeing, you know, another year on this world, um, you know, the Heat right now, they're kind of going through their little struggles right now. Not too much to panic about because at the end of the day it is only a two-game losing streak and these types of road trips aren't always the easiest when you go over to the west coast so the heat they started it off you know they were able to beat golden state they blew them out actually um but then came this game against um jazz and the heat fell short and then to follow it up in case y'all missed it Last night, the Heat got blown out by the Clippers. And one thing I'll say is that it's one thing to lose a game at like 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night. But to get blown out also hurts because it's like you could have at least gotten some extra sleep instead of watching the type of game that you watched last night. But it is what it is. I probably would have stayed up late doing something else anyways. With that all being said, the Heat did end up losing. And, you know, it is what it is with that. And... I don't know. I've already seen some negativity on a TL. And if any of you guys know me, I love to keep it optimistic. That's why I still have the same thing below my name as usual. The Heat are winning the 2024 championship. I do not care. And I still do believe that this team could be the deepest squad in the Jimmy Butler era. But it seems like everyone's kind of worked up about the fact that we're still racking up L's here and there. And it's not fun, especially if you're on a losing streak, especially one that's as small as this right now in two games. But, yeah, I mean, the team want, the fans I know want to see this team play good always, especially when you're against some of the better competition in the NBA right now, like the Clippers. And hopefully this is a squad that can get it together. I mean, we're, we didn't have Jimmy. Haywood, who's been one of our best defenders this season, he hasn't been, you know, healthy as well. He missed a few games um, earlier in the season, and now he misses last night too because of being in concussion protocol. And I know I know some people low-key been low on Haywood lately, but don't count that dude out just yet, all right? He's still going through his process of becoming another elite player for this team that we found from LA Fitness. But yeah, I mean, right now it just seems like things aren't looking good for Miami to start off the new year. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a little too optimistic. Y'all can tell me. But I'm just trying to take a deep breath with this team and let this season play out, all right? Obviously, I think improvements should be made to the squad, but I'm not at the same time going to be like, let's pull the plug because we were ready to pull the plug last year and y'all saw what happened. And I know maybe I'm getting too hyped up about what the Heat were able to do last year, but what they did last year just threw all the logic that I had in my head out the window because this was a team that ran it back 
didn't make any move at the deadline aside from just getting rid of Deadman and then bringing in Love and Zeller at um, the buyout market. And yet they still made it to the finals. So I don't know. Y'all tell me what I should do at this case as a Heat fan. Um, I, I've been talking too much. So, Orch, I'm going to pass the mic to you. How? What do you make of this current two-game losing streak for the Heat? And, like, how do you feel about the squad right now as we enter the new year? You know, I can't say I was too surprised about last night. We Definitely well, we're in a tough position, you know. When you when you're going out against an offense like the Clippers, which have Kawhi and Paul George and James Harden, you have to have you have to have your wing defenders. And like you were saying, we're missing Jimmy, we're missing Highsmith, Caleb Martin, Josh Richardson. Man, I, it was just it was a tough matchup going into yep. it. Um, obviously, the first quarter was pretty promising. Our shots were falling down. We were forcing a lot of turnovers. That was the, honestly the big thing for me was that we forced a lot of turnovers on the Clippers. And we were capitalizing on it. But the problem was, is I think the Clippers ended with 15 turnovers. And I think we forced about nine of them in the first. And so, you know, when you're forcing like six turnovers for the rest of the game, we're losing that window to score points. And it really showed. Um, And then like the Clippers, man, they just, again, they shot like 60% the entire game. And in those type of situations, the only way to win a game where a team's shooting 60% is if you're shooting 60% yourself. And... Our guys are just really struggling tonight. Obviously, Bam got to the line a lot of times. Uh, but unfortunately, like, you know, when if they're scoring threes and we're they're they're gonna accept Bam going to the line, right? Because he's gonna get one or two points out of that uh trip. And I think they were okay with Bam, you know, attacking and getting free throws and hitting his mid-ranges because you know, our guys like Tyler and Duncan, you know, after the first quarter, they just couldn't really hit their shots. Um but you know, I don't want again. I don't want to sound completely negative because this was a tough matchup to go into. Uh, Kevin Love played great. He was really active on the offensive glass and hitting his shots. Obviously, Hawkins Jr. had some fans in the building, which was great to see because he went it to UCLA. Um, and then the other big thing that I really liked was our rebounding. This is this the Clippers team is tall. Like we were pretty much we. They only had six offensive rebounds, and we had twelve ourselves. And that was just that's really important going into the season because we know how much how important it is for this Heat team to get rebounds. We don't win games when we don't get rebounds. Yep. But besides that, man, like the the offense was pretty mediocre. I mean, our transition offense. I, I remember I saw at one point Jamal Kane was like going in transition against Paul George and Kawhi. And I'm like, man, <laughs> please pass it. And Yo, 2024 Miami Heat, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That, we just we just had a little bit of mistakes, and obviously the Clippers are a great defensive team, and they were just shutting us off the entire game. Yeah, and really, like I'm not too upset because I don't know what I don't know what else he could have done to win this game, besides shoot the ball better. And right, yeah. Yeah, because like I'll say this, I mean, because you you basically said it all, or it's, I mean. Jimmy is out, and I and I even forgot to mention the fact that Caleb was out, and so was Jay Rich, and you know we also mentioned Hayward too, and you know it doesn't help that your main guy is out in Jimmy, and then you have the fact that Tyler and Bam, I mean they didn't have good shooting nights themselves, you know, so like when the two best two guys that you need to look at to really put the team on their back when Jimmy is out aren't really doing their thing, you know, obviously it's gonna bite this team where it hurts. 
And overall, I mean, I feel like people are a little too stressed, and I get it, because it's not fun when you have to watch your team go against a squad like the Clippers that many people believe could be championship contenders if things go right for them this year. So to watch them get blown out, it does hurt because it's like, okay, this is one of the best teams in the league and y'all are out here, you know, being down by 20 late in this game. You know, like y'all want to be contenders, but yet y'all not playing like that against Mm -hmm. a team that you're going to have to overcome if you want to hold up that Larry O'Brien trophy. So I definitely do understand the frustration, but at the same time, you know, I do believe we need the squad to be at full strength. We've just been dealing with injury after injury after injury after injury, you know? Like, every time it seems like one or two players comes back, two, one or two more goes on the injury report. It's been like that every single game, it feels, because... Like I said, Haywood literally missed a few games earlier in the season. So when I heard this dude got injured again, I mean, and, you know, prayers up to him. You know, hopefully it's nothing serious, you know, being a concussion protocol and everything. But it's kind of frustrating as a fan because you just want to see what your squad can do when everyone is healthy, you know. It kind of reminds me of the 2022 season to all those who remember that year because, you know, even – and we were the one seed that year, as a lot of people remember – But it was so frustrating because everyone was getting injured at one point. Like, Jimmy missed a considerable amount of games because I think he had, like, a glute injury and some other stuff going on. I know Bam tore his thumb, so he missed um, multiple games because of that. Um, Who else was out? I mean, Markeith was out because of the whole thing with Jokic. But, you know, all, all types of stuff happening left and right. So... It was such a frustrating season. And, I mean, we still finished as the one seed, so who cares? But, you know, even then, like, going into it for this year, you just want your squad to be healthy because, you know, it gets frustrating when you see these types of L's take place. But, you know, knowing this Heat team, I mean, is there room for improvement? There always is. And I don't know what that improvement will be because – You know, we don't know what type of moves the Heat can make. I mean, I know a lot of people have their opinions on certain guys on the roster. I mean, you know, we had Biscayne Breakdown like a couple episodes ago. And I know Dean was going off on how we need to trade Kyle Lowry, this and that. And anyone who's heard my opinions on this knows that I'm not, we're, listen, Kyle is on like the final year of his deal. I'm not saying that he's an amazing player and he's not playing up to what his contract is. All right. Like he's making 30 something. Well, no, he's making about 30 million. And, you know, you're not getting that type of production from him, unfortunately. But at this point, you're not going to trade away Kyle unless you're getting, you know, some sort of package that helps improve this team i'm not saying it has to be the equivalent to what the lakers were able to get for westbrook when they sent him to utah on that multi-team deal last year but it's got to at least be some sort of move that's going to improve the roster because you're not going to trade kyle to some other team in return for um what is it like some other terrible contract in the league it's especially pointless considering the fact that as we've already acknowledged he is on the final year of his deal. So what improvement the squad can make, I mean, we don't know. We don't know who would be available on the buyout market if that becomes an option sometime down the road. I know a lot of people have been hyping themselves up for Donovan Mitchell, but I'm not even going to discuss that in this episode or future ones because let's be real. 
we don't know if Cleveland even wants to trade the dude. And then second of all, you know, even if they do, there's no promise that he's going to end up in Miami. Who's to say he's not going to end up in a team like Brooklyn, you know? And I know some people aren't even mentioning New York anymore because they went and made that whole deal for OG. But, you know, that's another move right there. So bottom line for me is that we'll see what the squad ends up doing regarding improvements. I know a lot of people are screaming for trades now because we are on this small little losing streak. But I want to see the squad at full strength, all right? I know what this team is capable of doing. And I know it's been somewhat of a frustrating season because of the couple L's here and there. But I'm not pushing the red button no matter what. That's why I kind of sucked waking up today and seeing so much negative tweets about how, oh, the Heat like their roster. You know, that's why they don't want to make any moves. I just think we got to take a deep breath for now, at least. I could be wrong. Maybe something bad happens down the line, but hopefully not. Um, But yeah, I have faith in this team. I think we can turn things around. And until then, I just think we need to take a deep breath. Let this squad get healthy. You know, maybe say a prayer to God that no more injuries continue to, you know, hurt this team and that we can just go from there. Because I do believe in this team. I do believe that this is the deepest team in the Jimmy Butler era, and I will stand by that. I've stand by it through the highs. I've stood by it through the lows, and I'm going to continue to stand on business. So, I mean, before we move on to this next topic, I just want to know, like, is there anything you want to hit on, Orge, before we talk about this next thing that I want to touch on? Yeah, really just having some patience. Like, you, you, you've you just been talking about how many injuries we have. And I feel like as Heat fans, we're pretty spoiled with the fact that this team is capable of beating any team when they're, you know, down a couple people, like you were saying, in 2022. I mean, that was just incredible how we were just signing guys the 10-day contracts and out there winning games. But at the same time, you have to understand that it's, we're not always going to win when we're when we're missing people. We we beat the Warriors. We beat the Warriors just now with um, guys injured, and that was also that, that was a big win. Yeah, everyone was excited for that too. You know, they're like, "Oh shoot, we're deep." You know, RJ Hampton out here playing good. Uh, Jovic had some good minutes too, and like you go from that to now losing two games in a row, and it's immediately okay. Call 911 real quick. You know, let's go tank for whoever's going to be the number one pick this year. Like, <laughs> let's take a deep breath, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. We just, I, I, I will agree that I do think we need to have some changes on this roster. Will that happen? I'm not sure. But at the same time, we've seen what this team can do at full strength. Even this season, we've seen what they can do at full strength. I mean, they just need some time to gel in, and hopefully it's soon. I, I think that as the season, you know, we get towards the end of the season, hopefully we'll be good like we were last season. And at that point, you know, I think it's fair to make our judgments. But for now, I'm pretty happy what we're what we're doing. And as long as we're staying above 500, I think we're good. I couldn't agree anymore because that seemed like the struggle last year and especially in that 2021 season where it was like we spent a good part of the season just making it a complete dogfight to stay above 500, you Mm -hmm. know? So the fact that we're not in that issue right now, it's great to see. And I know some people are kind of annoyed because it's like we're the five seed. 
I mean, come on, y'all. We was the eighth seed last year, and we still made it to the finals. And I know, and some people might get annoyed with me constantly bringing up what we did last year. Some of y'all might be listening to this and be thinking to yourselves, Joel, it's 2024 now. This is a whole new season, all right? Teams have gotten better. We haven't. Why should we have faith in the squad? I have faith in the squad because if we're being dead honest right now, the only team that can maybe, I mean, I've seen people debate this on the TL. The only two teams in the East that you could say could be an issue for the Heat is the Celtics and Bucks. And even then, I'm not losing sleep for either of those squads because the Celtics, and I'm not going to hate on Boston because they have some good pieces, all right? I know a lot of people like to make fun of um, Jason Tatum, you know, Jalen Brown and how he can't dribble with his left hand. But I give them guys their flowers. Same thing goes with Derek White, you know, and I, I don't know about this whole star thing with him, this agenda they're trying to push, but, you know, I digress because this is Miami Heat pod and we're not going to talk about that nonsense here. Um, but he has also had a pretty good season. He's a great player for their rotation. You also have guys like um, Drew Holiday. Uh, who else is on that roster? I'd be forgetting. Um, Al Horford, even though he's nearing 50 soon. And then one other guy who, oh, yeah, Porzingis, I forgot. My bad. Overall, they do have some good players. My issue with them is the fact that their depth stinks. I mean, who is on that roster? Luke Cornett, Sam Hauser, like all of these guys who I've never heard of before. And, you know, it seems like they just want to pull a Miami Heat where they just bring guys from LA Fitness to the squad and expect to just thrive with them. But y'all don't have Eric Spolstra. Y'all got Joe Missoula, all right? So it's like y'all might as well not even try with that stuff. But it is what it is. So I'm not really scared of Boston because of that. And every time it seems like Boston has their stuff together, you know, things just immediately fall apart. Like, all I heard throughout all of last season was that, oh, the Celtics, you know, like, this team right here, you know, they have the most well-rounded roster in all of basketball. We went from that to people making pathetic excuses at the end of Game 7 about how, oh, you know what, Tatum was injured. That's why the Heat law, um, was able to win Game 7. And I said this on the last part, and I'll say it again. Y'all shouldn't have been down three games to nothing against an eight seed in the first place. So y'all can take y'all excuses and shove it you know where. Next up, you have the Bucks, And I'm going to give them their stuff because they do have two superstars in Dame and Giannis. But I don't know. I don't trust that squad. And most importantly, it doesn't help that they have a rookie coach. Spo is going to coach circles around this dude. And I'm going to be there and I'm going to enjoy it. All right. Bottom line is that I just feel like there's so much flaws with both of those teams. And it's like, why well, do could view them as threats? And I'm going to give them the respect where it's due because both of those squads can make a lot of noise. And it will be dogfights for the Heat against either one of those teams. But it's not to a point where it's like, I got to really think like, oh, my gosh, is the Heat like going to be able to beat the Bucks? Is the Heat going to be able to beat the Celtics? I don't have that fear. You know, if they were to go out and make some major trades at the deadline, we could have this discussion. But I don't want to because at the end of the day, I'm sleeping just fine. You know, even if I do sleep till four o'clock in the morning because I have nothing to fear about because the same Jimmy Butler that went off against the Bucks is on my team. 
the same Bam Adebayo that went off against the Celtics is on my team. You know, the same Caleb Martin, who also went off against the Celtics, is on this roster that I cheer for. So what do I got to worry about? You know what I'm saying? So I, we, we spent a little longer with this topic, but any final words from you, Orch, before we move on? Just want to say preach, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. So with that being said, I do want to talk about real quick um, some on. Well, I don't want to call it unfortunate news, but in case y'all didn't hear, uh, Goran Dragic retired. And it's kind of sad, man, because I didn't want his career to end like that, you know, with him not being able to finish it in Miami. And the thing for me is, like, he's been in Miami for so long. Well, Well, I mean... Well, how do I say this? He's been in Miami for like what seven seasons altogether, or am I miscounting? Seven or six, right? So yeah, you, yeah. Well, yeah seven or six. All right. So like, yeah. So the thing for me is like, what hurts for me as a Heat fan was the fact that we never were able to get him a championship because I feel like every time he was finally about to do some big things for the Heat something got in the way and you know i know the most recent example would be the finals where goran came in and he played amazing in that bubble run you know he was the leading scorer for the heat and you know people focus so much on what jimmy did and yeah it was amazing don't get me wrong he was obviously the best player in that run but goran was the best scorer in that and he was able to take such a massive burden off of jimmy and the unfortunate thing was like the finals come and he gets injured in game one and we didn't see him again until game six, but it was already kind of too late. He couldn't really provide much and the Lakers blew us out that game and won the championship. And, you know, I mean, even before that, you know, going back to when he was first traded in my, to Miami, you know, this was a guy who was supposed to play with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and, you know, to those who don't remember, Bosch ended up going down with blood clots. And although he eventually returned, you know, he eventually went back to the sidelines and that marked the end of his career. So overall for Goran, I mean, I just wish he could say like he was able to hold up the Larry O'Brien trophy. And there's so much great memories with this dude. And, you know, I'm always going to have so much love for Goran. Do I believe he should have his number retired by the Heat? I personally believe he should. You can make the argument that he's one of, if not maybe the best point guard that he have ever had. You know, no offense to Kyle Lowry, but I know, I mean, people were debating before um, Kyle even came to Miami if he could actually surpass Goron. And the only way you could even have that debate is if, Kyle played a big part in the Heat championship, and maybe he could if something happens this season, but I I don't know if he'd have that much of a significant role. And then it's not a knock to how he's played for the Heat, because like I said before, I still think Kyle has provided a lot this year. Um, you then have Tim Hardaway, and I think that right there might be where the, the debate is, because you're talking about multi-all-star and Tim Hardaway and all that other stuff, and we could debate that whole episode long if we could, but, you know, we don't have that much time to work with right now. But overall, I mean, he's one of the best point guards that he have ever had. And, you know, I do believe his numbers should be retired. So, you know, Goran, I really wish you could have won a championship with us. But Miami Heat, if for whatever reason y'all choose to listen to this podcast, 
please let Goran Dragic be an assistant coach. And please make that happen soon. All right. Because if y'all want to go on another improbable run this year, I want Goran to be there. I want him to be on that bench, rooting for the squad, you know, getting to be there with Jimmy and all them other guys, you know. So, I mean, is there anything you want to throw in, Orch? Man, I, I just want to just say how much I appreciate Goran Dragic, man. He he resembles heat culture, man. He just he leaves it all on the floor. I mean, like you were saying, he was just so important to our 2020 run. Like, we want to talk about, you know, Bam's performance against the Celtics, Jimmy, like, in the finals, and even against Milwaukee. But Dragic was, like, that was the most consistent player. He was playing good throughout the entire run, and it really did hurt to see when he got hurt in the finals. And I really do believe we would have had a chance to win the finals if he was healthy. And listen, I know Lakers fans are all like, oh, who's Dragic? Who do you guys think he is? But if you watched him, man, you would know that he was just going insane. And I, I saw this quote the other day. You probably did, too, where he was saying, like, oh he God. told the fans that we're, we're really sorry that we tried our best. Man, that, that killed me, man. If like, y'all was crying when y'all saw that tweet, I'm <laughs> tell y'all, like... Just, like, I just hearing that just makes me tear up a little bit. But it just shows you how, how devoted he was to the Miami Heat, how much he loved the fans. Like, I can't emphasize how much the fans love Goran Dragic and the fact that it's mutual. I know he was heartbroken when we traded him to the Raptors. And I, I, I'm so disappointed that we couldn't, you know, maybe sign him to a 10-day so he could, you know, retire in Miami. But, yeah, man, just... Throughout his entire career in Miami, he's always given his full effort. Um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind was the Game 7 performance against the Hornets in 2016, where um, he, he led us all the way with 25 points. And, I mean, that just, that just, I don't know. Like, he even in 2021, when we got swept, I feel like him and, you know, Duncan Robinson, they even though we were down and it was over, they just still gave their full effort. And that just resembles the type of character Dragic is. Always going to give his full effort, whether we're winning or whether we're losing. And yep. to me, that's that's a winning player. Right. And shout-outs to him for slapping Ben Simmons in the back of the head. <laughs> he always will be a real one for that, you know. So, <laughs> overall, man, I mean, it sucks because I really wanted Goran back to Miami for one last dance. And... You know, it seemed like it could have happened this year. You know, I'm sure a lot of people saw his comments during the whole Dame saga and him saying, like, you know, if something happens there, you know, obviously the roster spots would open up and he would be more than welcome to rejoining the Heat. But unfortunately, because of a certain someone on that runs the Trailblazers, <laughs> um, we never were able to get that. So it does suck to know that also played a part in his retirement. But overall, man, Miami Heat, like, please make him part of the, um, uh, what's it called, coaching staff. If not, give him some sort of position, you know. Like, if we do end up going on an improbable championship run this year, I want Goran to be part of that some way, somehow. So, overall, um, before we move on to our next topic, um, I just want to say, Goran, thank you so much for everything you gave to Miami. Congrats on one heck of a career, bro. Like... You know, how how do I say it? You know, thank you, Brate. So, yeah, shout-outs to you, Goran. 
you know, any final words from you, Orch, before we talk about our Miami Heat New Year's resolutions? Man, I just I just want to say thank you again, man. There's there's like words can't describe how grateful we are for Goran Dragic. No, uh, yeah, because it's like like I said, I, we could talk about it all day. I just wanted that man to win a ring with Miami, and you know it it won't happen. But if we can make it happen with him, you know, in the front office role or part of that coaching staff, by all means, I'll take that too. But until then, enjoy retirement, Brate. With that all being um, said, I now want to go into our second to final topic for today's episode. And we'll make this kind of fast because I know we already like 28 minutes in. Um, Orchard. So we've talked about this team. And I want to know, like, what's some New Year type of resolutions you got for the squad? Because, it, like I said, it looks like everyone's kind of panicking for this team. And while, you know, I do believe this team can go far, I mean... We know that every team can work on some things here and there. So is there any resolutions you feel like the Heat should have as we enter 2024? Well, the most important thing to me is staying healthy. We've obviously, this season has been full of injuries, has had many other seasons. And we know that when we're fully healthy, we're a strong team. We can make a good run. And so I just think that should be the number one priority. Um most importantly, Jimmy getting healthy. I mean, <laughs> he just came back last game from a calf injury, and then he hurt his foot. Like, we, we can't have that happen. Yeah. Um, and we don't want him to be injury-riddled in the playoffs because we know what happens when we have a like injured-slash-tired Jimmy cough-cough 2021. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's one thing. And then I've been really happy with our three-point you know, shooting. I think we led the league. I don't know if we still do, but we were leading the league in three-point percentage, so that's obviously promising, and come playoff time, we're going to need that. Um, One thing for me is just our defense. I, I feel like our defense has been kind of uh, questionable at times, giving up, like, open dunks or and all that. I just think we need to clean some stuff up defensively. I think for our, in terms of our offense, we're going to figure it out. But, you know, when we have to play against guys like the like teams like the Bucks and Celtics, we can't have defensive lapses against these guys because they're going to capitalize on it and it's going to hurt us in the long run. I couldn't agree more, man. And for me, I mean, as long as we just I one thing that I just want to touch on is that, you know, when it goes into like lapses and stuff like that. We just need to handle our late game execution. And you know what? I've said it in other pods and I'll say it here. I'm glad we're getting this stuff out now in the regular season because seeing the way how the Heat were constantly in clutch games last year and they were constantly losing them only to be in the playoffs and they found a way to kind of like overcome those situations. To me, that was a great sign that this team was learning from everything they went through in the regular season. And hopefully we see the same thing with their late game execution this year, because it seems like we've seen so many fart quarters for the Heat as what people have been calling it on social media. And it also doesn't help that this looks like a squad that every now and then, you know, they have a lead, but yet they somehow blow it, you know? And I mean, this is the Miami Heat. You know, blowing leads is part of what they are, but we shouldn't be losing it. You know, if y'all want to have a 30-point lead but only win the game by six, as long as we win, I don't really care. 
But, you know, to be up by, like, 17 or 18 and y'all find a way to lose. Like, for me, that's unacceptable. And I think at one point in the season, we were, like, tied in second place for, like, the most um blown lead blown leads that have that would lead to an L. So if I'm Miami, I look at that type of stuff and I'm like, just fix y'all late game execution, you know? That and then I mean I'll say this too. If we could just some way somehow try to improve our point guard depth, that would mean a lot as well. You know, like I have nothing against Kyle, but I feel like you could take a massive burden off of him. If you can maybe get another um, point guard, whether if it is from via trade or buyout market, whatever it is you're able to get that player from, by all means, go ahead and do it. But, you know, go out there and just find someone to just kind of take the burden off of Kyle. I know some people were trying to flirt the idea of getting a guy like Tyus Jones from Washington. I don't know what Washington would even want for a guy like him. So there's that. And, you know, there's been a couple other names that's come here and there. You know, people want TJ McConnell. And I'm not going to lie. The dude is a dog. However, I just wonder if people want him simply because of that or because of the fact that he went crazy in that one game against the Heat. I'll never know, though. Um, But overall, like, if we could just make these improvements and just continue going for that number one goal and that's winning a championship, I mean, I'm going to feel good no matter what. Because, like I said, this is the deepest team in the Jimmy Butler era. I believe that even while we're on this two-game losing streak, do not let these L's fool you guys because there is something coming for the squad real soon. We just got to be patient the same way how we were during last year. Well, well, at least some fans were because, you know, I was already at my breaking point, you know, when it came to losing that one game against Atlanta in the plane. But that's for a whole other episode. Anyways, to wrap things up, um, let's talk about this upcoming game for the Heat. So the Heat are going to play the Lakers, and it's going to be another shorthanded game for the Heat, unfortunately. Um, Jimmy won't be playing. Um, Haywood will probably be out. Um, is there anyone that actually will be playing that didn't play last game? Like, Do you know by any chance, Orch? I ain't had a chance to look at the injury report. I haven't either, but if I had to guess, it's probably maybe Jay Rich comes back, but I doubt Caleb comes back. Yeah, so I, yeah, what you said right there, safe bet would be Jay Rich. I don't know when Caleb is coming back because that did look like a really bad ankle sprain against um, the, the Sixers the other night. But I mean, I say the other night, that was literally a whole week ago on Christmas Day. But yeah, I mean, you do have Caleb out. Jimmy, I mean, listen, I say this. Jimmy every time he sits games out. I know people don't like it, but every time he's able to get some rest in the regular season, I'm fine with that because that allows him to go out there, get a breather, and be even more fresh by the time the playoffs come around. So by all means, like, as long as Jimmy is healthy by then, I could care less what he does in the regular season. I just need my squad to, you know, keep things going good for him while he's out. But overall, I mean, this is the Lakers we're talking about. And, you know, this is not a t- another team that you got to take very seriously. And, shoot, I'm going to say this. It's going to be a fun matchup seeing Bam and AD go head-to-head with each other. And, I mean, shoot, watching Bam guard LeBron might be my favorite part of each game because, you know, I always want to see what Bam can do against, you know, one of the best players this game has ever seen. So, you know, it's always going to be a fun matchup. Do I think the Heat are going to win? 
I'm going to say yes, they do. Because, like I said, I'm kind of tired of seeing the negativity on the TL. And I think the Heat are going to wake up and they're going to go crazy. Bam's going to have a solid game against AD. And I think Tyler, for old time's sake, is going to cook. And he's going to hit us with that, um, what's it called, that snarl that he hit against the Lakers in the finals. Because why the heck not? How about you, Wards? Uh, I I am. I think it's going to be a close game, personally. Um, again, I think the biggest problem is the lack of wing plays we're going to have against the Lakers. And Anthony Davis and LeBron are obviously going to take a huge advantage of that. So that's actually one of my the big goal, I think, is just trying to keep these guys at the three-point line, like in the perimeter, because the Lakers are kind of an inefficient three-point shooting team. You know, sometimes they, they'll go off, sometimes they won't. And I feel like the Heat are willing to take that chance rather than let them dominate in the paint. Um, and then really Bam and Hero, man. They just got to step up their game. I know I know Bam had 21 last game, but like you, like you were saying, he didn't shoot it very efficiently. I think it was around like 35%. And Tyler Hero, I don't I don't know what his percentage was, but I also know he didn't shoot the ball very much. And, you know, I don't blame him entirely because if you saw the defensive clip where they're playing, they were doing a really good job of shutting him uh, off. So, you know, the one thing is just making sure we're moving the ball around so, you know, guys like Hero get an opportunity to shoot the ball. And, you know, listen, this the, the, the team's success is going to go through Bam and Hero. So if they're both not playing good, the Heat are not going to play good. And so that means that they're both going to have to, you know, score, you know, above their averages. And again, like keep LeBron and 80 out of the paint because once they get in, they're, they're posting you up. Anyone against like unless it's against Bam, you know, 80 and LeBron are going to get their points. And so I do think the Heat will pull out with the win. I think it'll be a close one like it usually is against the Lakers. But just man, just force them into tough shots. Exactly. And I mean, one thing I'll say is I'm glad Gabe Vincent isn't playing because, bro, I could not handle a 30 piece from him. I mean, we're we're talking about AD and LeBron. I mean, y'all just know it's going to be a matter of time before Gabe pulls up and just drops 30 on us. Same thing with Max Drews, too. You know, do we? I don't even know if we played Cavs again this year, but you got to watch out for either of those guys. But I mean, shoot, like you said it perfectly. I mean, if we can just hold our own and Bam and Tyler can just go out there and bounce back from their shooting woes from the other night, there's no reason why we can't pull up with the win. And, you know, and the thing is for Tyler is that I want to use these opportunities. I want him to use these opportunities that Jimmy isn't playing to continue to grow as a player because with Jimmy not playing, you know, that puts you on a scouting report as someone to keep an eye on. And that's why, you know, these coaches go out there and they put more attention on you because they know what you're capable of doing. And since Jimmy isn't there, they're going to put more attention on you because of that. So go out there and show people like, yeah, you can put this many guys on me if you want, but I'm still going to bowl out. I'm still going to drop, you know, my usual 20-something points per game, you know? Like, embrace that challenge. And I want to see him bowl out because, you know, I know a lot of people have had their thoughts about Tyler and some of them we've talked about in recent He vs. the World episodes. And y'all have heard the debate, whether if he should start, whether if he should be on the bench, all that other stuff. But until it's time to, like, legitimately get to that type of convo, you know, and that probably won't happen until, like, maybe the playoffs come around. 
overall, I just want to see Tyler use these opportunities given to him to just go out there and show people what he's capable of doing. Because if Tyler can have a really good year, there's no reason why to believe that we can't win the championship. Because all we need is a three-level scorer to get the job done. And, I mean, if Tyler can be that guy for us, then you might as well hang up banner number four while we're recording this. So, overall, I mean, that's all I got to say. Is there anything you want to mention, Orchard? No, nah, man. I think I think we got this. Uh, I just want to – actually, I will say one thing is that the Lakers are also on a two-game losing streak. So, that is also why I think this game is going to be close. I think both teams are pretty hungry to escape their losing streak. Yep. But let's, and let's I get this win. Right. And I know, like, the Lakers – I think they've been, like, struggling since they won the in-season tournament. Is that true? Like – Apparently it's the, it's the in-season tournament to curse. The Pacers have also have been struggling. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, man. I mean, y'all gotta keep that curse going, Miami. Just give them another L. Let them go through their stuff, and let's keep the train on rolling. Let's bounce back, and let's just end the nonsense on TL because you know y'all know who you are. Okay, y'all, y'all are going on TL just flat out depressing me when I. <laughs> that this team can win a championship so when we win this next game knock it off and let me live my life in peace so i mean with that being said and done thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's episode of the heat versus the world podcast make sure to follow me at joel k jacob underscore and make sure to follow um orchard on twitter at jim dp versus the world and make sure to follow us on all platforms at hvtw podcast and subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. We see y'all's constant love and support, especially in our past few episodes. Please keep it going. Let's let 2024 be a productive year. And overall, man, we enjoy making this content for y'all. So please continue showing y'all support. With that all being said, man, we hope y'all have a great 2024. And Miami Heat, this is y'all's year to win the championship. All right. So Quit playing around, and let's get ready to hang that fourth banner. I can feel it, man. With that being said, man, is there any final words, Orange, before we close this out? Let's get that 2020-24. Oh, damn. 2024 championship. <laughs> yes, sir, man. So thank y'all for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. And hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.